When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Even at that young age where I know it's nothing serious, like the emotions that come out of me when the boy doesn't come to the door to get her. Right. Mm -hmm. Let alone leave her to fend for a child or change, break her heart in a way that I can't fix. Right. Like, how does your dad process that? That's a very good question. Um, and it's so crazy how, like, me, my dad retired two years ago, so we've gotten closer I think of the past two years than we have in a very long time and I might get emotional talking about this a little bit but looking back on the things he had to be in the middle of during that process it breaks my heart because I know how much that hurt him yeah and I think that there's parts of that that still sit with him and um as his daughter I hate that I, he even had to experience that. experience that yeah. They tried to count me out. I'ma gon' count me in. Fill up my bank account. Now I got something to spend. Let's get it. Welcome to the Dear Son Show. It's the place where we talk about fatherhood. It's forefathers, those with fathers and the fatherless, so nobody's left out. On this conversation, we're really not leaving anybody out because we have two women guests on the show. Jelena and John Drea, they are the hosts of the Queens of Kings podcast. Welcome to the Dear Son Show, my sisters. How are you? Man, We're thank good. you for having us. For sure. We, you have us feeling like celebrities, so I just want right? to yeah. <laughs> thank you for that. This whole setup, like we love it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to, uh, trying to put a... Uh, a brand out. We're trying to brand our content to be excellent, right? So yeah, appreciate absolutely. you guys coming on the show. I want to first give you the floor to talk about your podcast because I think it's fantastic. I think it's necessary, but um, I guess, Jelena, first, what, your podcast, your perspective, what's important to you about your podcast and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest thing is being able to talk about motherhood and raising boy moms mm. with one of my best friends. Raising boy moms? Raising I was raising boys, raising boys and being boy moms yeah. um, and doing it with one of my best friends. OK, so that's the basis of our show. Queens of Kings. We're two queens that are raising boys. I have one. Mm -hmm. um, and so the biggest thing for me is being able to create a platform to say the things that a lot of moms and women think, mm. but are maybe scared and afraid to talk about, to yeah. discuss. And um, especially for minority women and minority moms. Gotcha. John Drew. 
I'm just going to backdoor her. I completely agree, of course. Um, I am a mother of three Black Kings. And um, I think with the podcast, it definitely just gives us the floor, like she said, to express a lot that women don't want to talk about Mm -hmm. and also just give them a no judgment zone to feel free and understand like you're not the only one. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I mean, I'm going to have a conversation. If I get a little too messy, let me know. Oh, never. Everything comes out in the edit. Um, For sure. If you don't mind, how 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 did you arrive at single motherhood? Was it by choice or by happenstance, <laughs> by force? Not not the act of bringing the child into the world, mm-hmm. but after that. Uh, for me, definitely not by choice. Right. Um, but me and my son's father parted ways when he was about a year old. Okay. Um, he does a lot of work outside of the state and travels a lot. So basically, it's just being me and my son since he was born. Gotcha. Um, majority of the time. So it's definitely a path that I didn't think I was going to walk down, but I'm also very blessed that I have been because it's created a lot of beautiful things yeah. um, from it. But yeah, definitely not by choice. Yeah. What was your, uh, what was your reservation about continuing with that, with those dynamics? Um. So specifically with the dynamics of from the previous relationship? Well, I mean, with him being out of state, like what what was the... Mm, at that particular time when we were together, it was a whatever we have to do. Gotcha. So we were also in um, the process of figuring out how we can make it work and not be in separate yeah. states. So, or when he was traveling and different things like that. But a lot of things in life happen. Yeah. Um, his career took off in a way that I think was might have been difficult to balance. Um, so it kind of left me to pick up the mom pieces. So I, I'm inquisitive not to be messy. Um, mm-hmm. I left, I left my family, um, to go to Iraq to get money, right. To do mm-hmm. the thing that we thought that I thought needed to be done to put ourselves in a better financial situation. And then when I came back, I started chasing my career. So as you were saying that, I'm like, Hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a couple streets up the block from mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that part of life. So that's, that's what I was asking. Um, you, John Drew, how old, are, how old is your son? He's six. Six, gotcha. Going on 36. Oh, that's <laughs> <Definitely laughs> like my that. baby. <laughs> um, I don't think any woman, honestly, wants to be a single mom by choice. Right. Um, so I definitely was not a single mom by choice. Mm-hmm. I have three boys, as I stated. My oldest son is 15. And I was with his father for roughly six years. Okay. So um, that wasn't an, an idea that we weren't going to be together. But now... So many years further, I'm like, that's should have happened. Right. <laughs> um, and then my two youngest, which uh, my middle son just turned nine and my youngest son is four. And me and their father were together for approximately 13, 14 years. Wow. So definitely did not see myself being a single mom with that one. Right. I definitely thought that that was going to be my forever. But um that just that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it, I guess you could say. But yeah. um, I thought I was going to be my forever. It turned out not to be that. Unfortunately, with the, you know, the whole situation of how the dynamic works of um, it didn't work out and infidelity and stuff like that. So That's now true. I am raising my three kings by myself. But at the end of the day, I think God works in mysterious ways. I'm going to be positive about it. Yeah. And um, as I'm continue to heal, just move forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the, um, if you can put yourself back in that place where for you, where you thought it was your forever for you, 
where I'm assuming it was a, a mutual decision that this is not going to work. What was the scariest part of that transition, right? Where did, did, did you feel like you had to take on more responsibility? Did you feel like you have to, like you had to try to be the father? Like, how does, how does that, how do you process that? Mm, can I go first? Go for it. Okay. Um, for me, I will say, um, considering that this was my second failed relationship, Mm. Um, I did feel like I had to pick up the pieces in regards to not necessarily fatherhood because he's a great dad. Mm. Um, both of them are great dads. I will say that. But um, in regards to what m my standards would have been, um, it would have been better. Gotcha. Um, in regards to my first one, just um, emotionally more connected. Yeah. And then my second one, I feel like he's doing the best he can. But of course, coming from me, like you can do better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of sums up my answer. I kind of mm. feel like I left a little bit out of the question, but <laughs> no, we'll, we'll definitely uh, it's more to come. We'll get yeah, to it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, for you, how what was it like if you could put yourself back in that moment? What 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 scared you? What concerned you? What was the heaviest thing for you? Um, I think I was numb, mm. um, and I think that I was kind of just doing what had to be done to make it yeah so i think i had probably about Every a day. good six months of just making it happen like <laughs> not really processing what had happened yeah. and realizing the journey that i was about to go down as motherhood but just trying to i'm a checklister okay um we got to live somewhere where are we going to stay right. how am i going to take care of this what's going to happen without even mentally Thinking about, it. yeah, what this is going to mean in the long run. Yeah. So initially, I also think that I might have had the idea we would possibly get back together and this was temporary. Mm. Um. So and then also my son was only a year. So I think that I was still dealing with some forms of the hormones and <laughs> just unpacking that and feeling yeah. better about that and then having to. Still completely forward. get over this relationship while he had to again go out of town yeah. so it was for me to take all this that happened and pick up the pieces and create something great for my son yeah. so for the first year i think i was numb at any point did you think it was unfair um it's another conversation that we're that we're we're kind of working our way through before it becomes a, a podcast discussion about the expectations of the parent specifically the mother right when mm -hmm. when when the mom typically picks up the pieces like in real time how did you how did you process that were you i know you said you were numb did resentment set in at any at any point and um resentment set in probably after the first year okay. and i say that because i think for that first year it was still that you still want to back this person you know what mm -hmm. i mean you still want to oh this them. you want to kind of rationalize what has happened mm -hmm. versus like I'm really doing this by myself. It was a, oh, well, this is going on and this is going on. Making excuses. And, yeah. Making excuses. Yeah. Gotcha. But it wasn't until I started really realizing that that weight was kind of heavy on me. Yeah. That that resentment comes, especially when you see somebody um, live their best life <laughs> in front of you and publicly. publicly. Yeah. Um, and you're still trying to pick up the pieces and process and, everything yeah and still dealing with the emotions but also not wanting your son to be emotionally impacted by that at the same exact time um so that was def definitely difficult for me yeah i heard a sigh i disagree deep sigh 
You just I, agree? I, no, I agree. Yeah. I can completely agree. Just picking up the pieces in general, like having to figure it out and saying like, this is not exactly what I expected, yeah. but yeah. it's happening. So the only thing I can do as a mom is figure it out. Yeah. Right. Um, especially when it comes to mine is a little bit different than hers. Hers was more of traveling and mine was more of um, the relationship didn't work out and he just decided to completely move on. Okay. Um, so still being connected in the relationship and thinking that it was going to, like she said, going to be temporary, mm -hmm. you know, um, it just gives you that hope of like everything is going to be okay, even though it's hard right now. Right. Yeah. Um, it's going to be fine, but coming to find out that he has completely moved on, forcing myself to move on. I'm still in that place of just processing it, healing. Definitely, I have resentment. Wow. What was the communication like before before the child, mm -hmm. after the child? I don't know how many phases there are, but um, like children change things. It's a, that life event kind of brings out the character of a person. Like everything is all good sometimes until there's this new responsibility and it's not all Facts. fun and games. Not saying that that was your relationship, right. just speaking as a man, like it, yeah. like, oh, now, now if there, even if there wasn't an emotional tie, you have this lifelong connection to this person and maybe you were in it for a different reason than that person was. Um, so what, what was the, what was the communication like before children entered the picture? Mm, I feel like the communication was still the same. Oh. I feel like, us as women, uh, we ignore a lot of red flags mm. um, because we're in love when we're in a relationship and we are fixers. Mm. So we look to fix a lot of men sometimes, some women. So um, I definitely now being out of it and kind of processing it now, it's like there's so many red flags that I missed yeah. and I overlooked because I wanted to be in a relationship and I wanted to be with him. And then having children, it just made it worse, to be honest. Yeah. That's honest. That was very honest. I wasn't what I expected. Yeah. Honest. yeah. <laughs> Not that you wouldn't be honest, but just that response. Yeah. And I'm... Um... I, for me personally, I don't, I don't think the communication, I think in the moment I thought the communication was good. Mm. Um, now looking back, it wasn't enough. I think that had we communicated properly and effectively, we would have understood that having a child wasn't for us maybe, mm. and maybe even that we weren't a good match for each other. Right. So I think that things were, we were very go with the flow. Things felt good. It felt happy. It felt natural until it got real. But our conversation and our communication never had to get real because we were always on a high. It's fun. It was always fun. Yeah. It felt good. So when the hard times actually came and then even after separation, communication was, even with a child, was most times non-existent. Yeah. So I think that part of that is because we didn't have the proper communication before the child even came. Gotcha. What was, what was the, was there financial support? Was there any any contribution to the well-being of, of your son? Um, absolutely. Okay. Uh, definitely financially uh, con contributes. Um, and then there he is still present. So okay. let me not take That's away good. from that. Um, especially here recently, a lot, a lot more present. So let me not sure. just sit up here and act like it's non-existent. It, he has been present. Um, like Jondria said before, I also have a standard of fatherhood. And I, under, I have to under, also understand people don't have the same standard that we have because of, or because of what I have, because of what I grew up with. Right. 
what you're surrounded with. And what I'm surrounded with. So I struggle with that. Yeah. Because even though it's there, me personally, it's not enough. I want to stay on that because that's actually where I was going. Um, like, what was modeled before you growing up? Um, my dad is amazing. Uh, I love that. Amazing. I love that. <laughs> he, and he is also one of the most stable people, men in my son's life. He's oh, okay. with him right now. Gotcha. <laughs> As a matter Shout of the fact. So, um, they, they, they're late because of me. Just put that on record. <laughs> um, but I say that to say my dad is almost, I always, I tell him this all the time. He's almost like a unicorn. Mm. Because he's been that pillar, not only for me, but for my cousins who didn't grow up with their dad, for, you know, um, our nieces, nephews, so many people who haven't had that. He's been that in our family. Yeah. So that was hard to come from this and have someone who did not have that at right. all. It makes a huge difference. And trying to find what fatherhood looks like and what parenthood looks like for our child based off of our previous experiences. Yeah. How about for you? I agree with that. My dad was present. Um, my dad passed away, but um, my dad was definitely present. He was not just the stellar father, mm -hmm. um, but he was a in-house father, um, my best friend. So um, I got a different side than my other siblings did of my father. So um, I did have that model of what a father should be. He was there. He took care of things financially, but also I saw the flaws in him as well. Yeah. Um, so with my children's fathers, um, they grew up without fathers. So it makes a difference. But also, I feel like um, some men made excuses. Sure. Um, because as an adult, you you have an option to make a decision. Yeah. Um, so with my first son's father, um, I've always given him respect because he's a great dad. He wants to, he, he's always been there for his son, always taking care of him financially. Um, he's just not the emotional type. So that's where I come in. Uh, but my son now being 15, he is a stellar child. Mm -hmm. um, and I see the way it works, you know, with different dynamics and both parents still being present. Yep. Um, my two youngest, he didn't grow up with a father either, but I feel, I do feel like he's doing the best that he can do. Um, but as she said, it's just not to my standard. Yeah. Um, and it's not not even nothing to do with my dad being in the picture or anything like that. It's just kind of like I feel like you can do more, you know, like in regards to stability, um, in regards to presence. Yeah. You know, he's that's not that he's non-existent, but you should see your children more. Do do did either of you look for or recognize characteristics that were similar to your father's in? And these individuals, was there was there any initial draw that kind of reminded you or showed the characteristics or the potential character of, of what you saw in your fathers? I don't think so. Okay. But I've never thought that deep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I really think about it, I probably could find certain things to pinpoint. But um, just off top, no. Yeah. Not really. You? Um, I felt security. Okay. Um, and I, I got that from my dad. I think that was the biggest thing that as far as feelings, like I felt like I would be, I'd be good. Like I just felt safe yeah. Yeah. in the relationship and I felt very secure. Not not financially at all. It's just a, a feeling of, I know no matter what, we're going to be good. Gotcha. And I kind of, that's the same way my dad is. Gotcha. And that, that switch when the child came into the picture? Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> how, how did your... Um, and I want to be respectful. I know you said your father passed. At what age were you when he passed? 
Um, I was an adult. Okay. Um, so he, he saw. Yeah. Some of yeah. Okay. But there was, um, um, just to be honest and keep it a buck, my father um, cheated on my mom as I was an adult as mm-hmm. well. Um, oh, not adult. I actually, it was about when I was in seventh grade, but I understood. Um, but my mom stayed with him until I was an adult mm. and finally divorced him. And then he separated with his, um, I was going to say mistress, <laughs> um, with his, yeah. What is, what's the, when they pass? Widow. Widow. Yeah. Um, so with his widowed wife. Um, but I was an adult at the time. So like I said, I understood I wasn't a child or nothing like that. It was nothing that, um, there was a disconnect or anything like I was grown, moved out yeah. after all that happened. And then also now being an adult, um, I understand certain things to where I don't hold my father completely accountable for things. Yeah. So. How does your father process the separation? Well, I guess it's the separation, not like you old married, but mm-hmm. um, as he watched it, right? You said mm-hmm. your father, made, I, your daddy's girl, is that Actually, sure. right. I'm the only child, so I had two. I have three <laughs> girls, right? And I mm-hmm. had girls first: girl, girl, boy, girl, boy. So I'm a softie because the, the girls, girls were first. first. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the oldest one is dating. Um, she's 19. Next one is 16. She's gonna date when she's about 30. <laughs> we can do that, right? You know, she's that's natural. <laughs> she, she has her path set, but even at that young age, where I know it's nothing serious. Like the emotions that come out of me when the boy doesn't come to the door to get her. Right. Mm-hmm. Let alone leave her to fend for a child or change, break her heart in a way that I can't fix. Right. Like how does your dad process that? That's a very good question. Um, and it's so crazy how like me, my dad retired two years ago. So we've gotten closer, I think, over the past two years than mm-hmm. we have in a very long time. And I might get emotional talking about this a little bit, but looking back on the things he had to be in the middle of during that process, it breaks my heart because I know how much that hurt him. Yeah. And I think that there's parts of that that still sit with him. And um, as his daughter, I hate that I, he even had to experience that. Experience that. Yeah. Facts. Did he, did he feel like, um, if you've had the conversation, did he feel like he couldn't protect you? That's a very good question and probably a conversation I should have with him. I think that it was it was also a thing of trust because he was also building a relationship with him. Mm. Um, really stepping it up and taking initiative to do it and do things for him that other people weren't even doing for him. Yeah. So I think that it, it crushed him in multiple ways. Mm. He thought he was a, a son was a son relationship was forming. Right. Was forming. Wow. Yeah. So I think that Damn. there's been some times that, like, I, I go back to one moment specifically where I literally collapsed in my son, my dad's arms. And, I, and I, I've never felt that pain before. And it doesn't make me emotional because I felt that. It made me emotional because he had to see me feel that. Yeah. You wanted to protect him from seeing you hurt. Yeah. But, like, at the time, I don't, I didn't realize it because I'm just feeling. I'm just yeah. experiencing. But looking back, like, I know it was tough on him. And to this day, I, he definitely holds on to stuff that have, that's happened. And it would take a lot to really um, rekindle that. Yeah, if rekindle that. Yeah. I think it'd be a really interesting conversation. Um, not that I'm trying to parallel 
my experience with yours, but I had a conversation with my father last year, long overdue, right? And I won't go into it. The people that have watched my podcast understand that story. But we, I didn't want his information. And I wanted to get out of the house as quickly as possible. Mm. He wasn't going to force information on me. So he allowed me to get out of the house as quickly as possible. And I got out in the world, realized I didn't actually have the tools to deal with mm -hmm. stuff, finances, women, bills, all of these things that um, I'm sure he wanted to talk to me about, but he's coming from a generation where his dad didn't talk to him. Mm -hmm. So he's learning on the fly. He also didn't have a father as an adult, so he didn't know how to approach me having an adult child. Mm -hmm. All of that gets, um, it gets dicey and it's, it's all nuanced based on the, on the, on the relationship and, and the variables in that relationship. But I think it'd be a really, it might be a tough conversation, but I think I like to hear about it when you do it. Cause I know you're going to do it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, Drea, how do you, how, how does, how does the history impact, um, how you deal with life and love today? Mm. Is love on pause? Is it, cause I, I, I get that. In some instances, all your energy is thrown into my children. I'm focused on my children. I'm focused on mm -hmm. my children. And having a wife that do, that did that, does that for a long time, it comes a point where now it's, well, who am I? Right. Right. And you can lose yourself. And she tells a story. Um, and even as a husband in the house thinking I'm halfway doing the right thing, I didn't see it. So to be to not have that support as a helpmate or a partner, how do you process life and love now? Jaded, is it is it not a priority? Definitely jaded. Um, love for me will always be a priority. Mm. Um, I'm a very relationship type person. Mm. Um, if you listen to my podcast, I would say plenty of times, I have not been single since seventh grade. So um, me being single now and truly, truly single, yeah. um, it gives me all the energy to put into my kids and to put into myself, which I think is well overdue. Yeah. Um, even though I've been in relationships and my kids have been here this whole time, I've never put all my energy into my kids first. Mm. Um, so that's a flaw I feel of mine that I've always put my relationship first mm. and then put my kids so I, I don't know, maybe that's some daddy issues maybe to where I didn't feel full, fully loved yeah. to where I always felt like I was searching for love. And I felt like once I have that, then my kids will be good, yeah. you know, because I've always because I didn't see the the family dynamic, how I would want to see it. So I've always yearned for that. Um, so I've always tried to make this whole um, picture with my last two relationships with the children's fathers. And once it didn't work, it was just kind of like, I feel like a failure. Yeah. But now um, I feel like I'm flourishing as a mom. And then also just getting back to myself. Um, like I said, love will always be a priority to me. But as of right now, if it comes, it comes or whenever it comes, it comes. Um, but my kids are first. And I just see now that with me putting them as a priority, um, I see the difference in mm. them and I see the bond and how it's growing. So I'm cool where I'm at. Yeah. But not, I am single, by the way. Talk that. Talk <laughs> that. Talk. <laughs> information will be down below. I'm not facilitating a thing, but the information okay. will be at Drea Rose. <laughs> right. Your son is six. Yes. Um, are there, is there anything that you see 
in him developing without a father in the house that concerns you that you think would be different if the father was in the house? Absolutely. That's a good one. Tell me more. Um, I think that my son is very... Um, Smart. He's extremely intelligent. And he is um, not the type of, you tell me something and I believe it to be true. It's you tell me something, explain to me why it's true. Mm. <laughs> um, and if you say that, make sure it's right because he's going to talk right. about it six months later. Okay. I'll be like, well, six months ago you said this. So yeah. um, that's been a challenge for me specifically because honing in on those, on those skills, but also disciplining in the proper way. Mm. Um, I also noticed that my son responds differently to male energy. With me, I'm mom. Right. So um, because it's just me trying to balance out the go hard or be mom and just be soft and emotional, yeah. it's really difficult. And I think that it's difficult for him to just put a, oh, mom's a hard parent or she's a soft parent because yeah. mama got to be like this. Right. She's got to be a roller coaster of emotions. So I, I think that having someone, especially with the personality type of his father, would definitely help to hone in on the discipline portion, the focus portion, um, because he definitely has that impact on him when he's in his presence. So yeah. I think that happening consistently would absolutely help to balance that out a little bit. How, how does out of those concerns influence the kind of guy you're attracted to now or that you would give a chance? Um, that's a, a very good question. I'm a podcaster. I'm yeah. Right. Sometimes I hit it. You're doing good. <laughs> Energetically, is can we cuss here? Or is it too much? Okay. Well, I won't have to. Energetically, my son is a BS meter. Hmm. So before I even, I think, think about, go really go deep into the characteristics, is the energy my son feels around you. Mm. Um, because when something is off and he, and not right, he will let you know, he mm. will, his, his mood will change, his energy will change. Um, and I'm currently in a relationship and the okay. person that I'm in a relationship with has, their energy is good. If it wasn't good, we wouldn't be together, nope. but they, they've definitely are developing that relationship. And the biggest thing is having someone, he has a child as well. So there's another level of understanding. Mm -hmm another level of patience mm -hmm. <laughs> that sometimes I don't have with my child that he has with my child. Mm. So I Is think his that child or children older? Younger. Younger. Yeah. So um, I, I look at that more than anything. One, if, I, if I know your energy is good, I know your intentions are good. I know your heart is good. You're a man of God. You stand strong in what you believe in. After that, it, after you've done the checklist, right. it's all energetically. How, how does my son feel when he's around you? Yeah. And um, we can go from there. And does he respect you? <laughs> hmm. And that's another thing. And that, so that's, that's kind of really interesting. Job. Really interesting that you said that because that's a choice, right? And I think yeah. I don't not the expert, but I think sometimes either individual, the mother or the father, will try to force them to respect the other person because they really want to be in that relationship. Yes. Like they wanted to work so, so bad. Yeah. Um then then the child's confused. Because right, yeah. then that BS meter is, they got to tuck it away. And then yeah. Yeah. later in life when they really need to use it. It's teetered. Like yeah. 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 Your, your oldest son is 15. Correct. 
Um, is he the man of the house? <laughs> he think he is, <laughs> but he yeah. is. Yes. Uh, at this point, I really have three men of the house. They are all three different personalities. Um, but Caleb, he's definitely running things around there. And he's week off and week on with his father. So okay. the week that he is there is just like yeah. the energy is just there. <laughs> I'm recording so you can see my hands. Like yeah. just, yeah. you know, and so um with him, there is no dating for him. There's not an option for dating. For you to date? Yes. Okay. Is is that a um is that a fair expectation of a fifteen year old? No. Dennis, I'll move on. <laughs> I'll move on. It's, it's another conversation that's playing in my head about um, single mothers of boys um, telling them that they are the head of the house. They're the man of the house. Oh, I definitely don't tell them that. that so that's my point. But okay. it, it's like it. I've, I've seen posts with mm-hmm. the son is bae, which is weird. I don't even want to address that here. Um, but you, no. you you put your <laughs> you put the child under the false pretense that they're actually a man number one. Right. If they're not a man, they're not the man of anything. Mm-hmm. So that that expectation always um it's always puzzled me. Mm-hmm. I've never had to deal with it directly. Um, but I was just curious about how do you get to that place? Mm. Is it because you're subconsciously substituting the child because the man is absent? So let me backdoor on that. When I say Caleb is the man of the house, he does not ever think he's never heard me yeah. say man of the house, anything. Sure. When I say that, he thinks he's the man of the house. is isn't like, you know, I'm running stuff. You know, whenever I'm not there, sometimes if he has to watch over his brothers, then it's more like I'm in charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that type of ego. Yeah. But um, in regards to looking for him to do things as in my man, that no, part. hell no. Yeah. Um, you know, the simple things I expect him to do, chores, take out yeah. trash, that's where it stops. Yeah. You know, no, I got you. Um, and I understand what you're saying, yeah. because people, women, some women do put their children in that place right. to where later on in life it messes with them because it's like this. You're now putting this child into a relationship standpoint to where it's yeah. like this, is the man of the house. No, yeah. no, you are mm-hmm. my child. Right. And I have to remind them sometimes y'all are my children. I'm still running shit around here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. I get what you're saying completely. I've seen it before as yeah. well. The, the, um, the danger to me is that um, they believe that they're an authority because they've been told that they're an authority. Exactly. And they go out in the world with that energy. Yeah. And they're not, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then they don't necessarily emotionally know how to deal with that. So Correct. What do men do? Men use their hands. They get violent. And, and they think that that's appropriate because they've been a man of the house for mm-hmm. since they were 14. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna wind down, but I, I, I'm, I'm really curious to know what what's important to you about fatherhood. Whether it's your relationship with your father, the relationship that your your children have with their father. What, what's what is the most important thing, or a very important thing, about fatherhood? You gonna go first? I was gonna ask you if you want to go first. I'll take it. Um, go ahead. Um, I think the importance of fatherhood um, with children is. Definitely presence um, and never stop learning. 
Uh, I think it's important that you don't put your life onto your child um, because you're still learning. Everybody still learns. So you can't be so, not solid, but you can't be so stern with how you feel or how you, your expectations or whatever, because they can always sway. So you have to uh, allow your child to have, differences in how you feel. And I feel like y'all should, you know, grow together and learn together and not just be so set on how you were quote unquote taught because how you were quote unquote taught or raised or learning now doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say, um, intentionality. So asking yourself why, you are that specific person's father and honing in on that. You know what I mean? Like being being consistent. Yeah. I love what Andrea said about always reminding yourself that you can always grow. It's not easy. But I think that being an intentional father is something that's good for both parties. It's, it's good necessary. for your children and yeah. it's good for yourself. Mm-hmm. Or else, because it's good for parenting just in general, because it's so easy to get lost in the sauce or get frustrated or get overwhelmed. So, um, inconsistency. Because kids learn from whatever you do consistently. Right. Whether that's you being present consistently or absence consistently. They're learning from it either way. So, I just feel like strong, strong intentionality and consistency. Gotcha. I'll close with this one final question, and it stems from a um, a dad tag that I did on IG, and it was a series of questions that some men responded to and answered. But one of them was, what is your biggest flex as a father? I'd like to know, what is your biggest flex as a mother? You know, it's funny that you asked this question because just last night, um, I'd randomly record stuff or, like, post stuff or take pictures and I had done a picture of my living room because um, <laughs> my son just celebrated his ninth birthday. So I had a, a party at the house or whatever. And I finally cleaned up everything. And I was just sitting there and I was walking around my house and I had my air freshness going. And I was like, my biggest flex as a mom right now, um, considering that I've been single for, I mean, going on a year about, but it's, it's still fresh, um, is that I've provided a home for my children. Mm. That's my biggest flex. I provided a home, which is peaceful, and it's ours. Right now, that's my biggest flex. Gotcha. These are some good questions that are very <laughs> thought-provoking. Um, my biggest flex for me, I think it's who my child is growing into. Like I like that. Same. You know Can what I, I take mean? Some of that? Of course. <laughs> okay, but I want some of that. I think that when I look at him and I see how he is growing and I see how he is learning and I see how his mind is developing and how he's turning into this amazing human being, I'm just like, that's me. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, I think that's it. I I want a backdoor. I'm not. I mean, for sure. Like, I feel you like you gonna have me saying backdoor when you leave. You know that, right? That's all the house gonna come that. across. I be trying to take scenario. lingo from my kid all the time. Oh, okay, like that's what they say now. I be, yeah, oh. I mean, I actually don't think he says that, but oh. I use. They it. gonna start yeah. right. Um, but yeah, like I feel the same way. Like how my children are now. Like my children are amazing human beings, mm-hmm. 
And I feel like, honestly, within the last year or so, last two years, like with me becoming who I am, it's made them so much more solid. And I see it in them. So, you know, like, even though I have a house, it's kind of like, if you know my backstory, um, like literally within the last six, seven months, my life has changed Mm. dramatically. So um, coming from a breakup and just not having anything, I was living with my mom, no car, um, just got a car, just got a promotion on my job, just got a house. Talk that. And so all of that, and then also the human beings that my kids are, all of that collectively is my flex. Yeah. Very dope. Well, I appreciate you ladies coming on the show. Hopefully it won't be the last. Um, no. Again, shout out the platform, <laughs> Queens of Kings podcast. Where can they find it? Uh, yeah, so we are on Instagram at <laughs> underscore Queens of Kings, Kings. Okay. underscore podcast, right? Just, uh, just okay. that's what they do. Yes. Just point. Just, it will definitely be and link below. <laughs> uh, yes, we're also on uh, Facebook, Queens of Kings, the podcast on Facebook, gotcha. and we stream on all major platforms: Apple Music, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all those. And our audio can be found on YouTube Weekly as well. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we had these conversations because uh, it's important, man. Eat fatherhood uh, requires the the woman's perspective so that we understand how we're tracking and improve communication. Um, again, thank you guys for being on the platform. Of course. Thank, thank you, you for, for having us. For my listening audience, please do the necessary things like subscribe, share, um, just share with 300 people. Don't go crazy. Right. Just share with you know, Everybody share it. with 300 people and uh, we'll be good to go. That's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You tried to count me out. I'ma go count me in. Fill up my bank account. Now I got something to spend. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I just pull it out and count for nothing when I'm feeling great. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.